It's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of After the Week, sponsored by Smack Talk Showdown. I am Will Washington. I am one half of your After the Week duo here. I'm not alone because I'm also joined by the one and only Denise Salcedo. Denise. Yo, I'm feeling pretty pumped, man. What's up, Will? We back. I'm happy. Yeah, how's uh, the vacation going? Dude, vacation's going freaking great. I have a couple of hours left here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. There's so many words to say in there. Um, but anyways, I've been here in Vancouver for since Thursday, since Thanksgiving. And today's my last day. I'm going back home, back to back to reality. Uh, I hate that back to reality <laughs> feeling because I feel like vacations are like retirement cocktees where it's like you get just a little bit of like that that tease of hey you want to do this for the rest of your life well too bad you got to go back to your regular life and uh i don't know it's that last day feeling yeah I can't and stand. just knowing that i have to spend well thankfully this flight from vancouver to los angeles isn't bad it's like three hours you know it's very close to where not i bad. live it's not bad at all um so i'm honestly not too stressed about it i'll still get enough i'll still get home with enough time to like you know take a shower relax if i want to watch a movie it'll be good so i'm feeling pretty all right plus i don't feel too terrible because we're in the same time zone so i didn't change time zones at all so that really makes a huge difference so i feel like i just went on a lengthy road trip to another country but i've been feeling good you know this is my last day here um i will say this though i don't know if i could ever do like these winter vacations ever again because i don't know okay so obviously i'm from los angeles okay i've lived in los angeles for 30 goddamn years all right like my whole life and so out here in canada will it's pretty cold right it's not too cold i've been in colder weather but for the most part it's been cold but get this it's been drying out my face man yesterday i woke up and i look like i i look like i was santa claus man <laughs> i had like ashy skin it looked like i had a white beard it was disgusting i wanted to cry um and it was because my skin was so dry for, and i kept moist, moisturizing and it was just like the the coldness was drying up my face See, you wouldn't survive here in Denver. I know that for a fact because uh, we are just the dry cold. That's what we know, right? And like the thing is, black folks get ashy. So I live, um, I, I live with lotion, right? Like I keep lotion everywhere uh, to the point of where people from out of town question. They're like, "Why do you have lotion here? Is this like your your masturbation station?" I'm like, "No, it's a, it's <laughs> masturbation station, like, masturbation central." Yeah, no, I'm like, this is. Uh, Colorado, we keep lotion everywhere, uh, especially black men in Colorado. That's how this works. But the thing is, um, one of the beauties of living in Colorado is watching people who aren't from Colorado dry up so quickly. It's uh, the biggest sports tell, right? Like uh, when teams play the Denver Nuggets, for example, I can tell when a team is getting gassed here in Colorado because all of a sudden you start seeing ash around their face. You start seeing lips getting dry. And I'm like, oh, this is it. Now we just got to capitalize and win. And that's usually how it goes. That's why we have like an actual home field, home court advantage here in Denver, because it's that dry Colorado elevation. You would not survive here. No, no. <laughs> I, I was terrible. I woke up and I wanted to cry well. Like, you don't know what it's like waking up 
and seeing your face not look like your face and you're like, oh my God, I'm ugly. I'm going to stay like this for the rest of my life. It's permanent. You know, I was, I I turned to my husband. I was like, look at me, (laughs) verge of tears moment. But um, I just put more and more Streiser on and try to cover up with mascara. I mean, mascara makeup. And I'm just like, Ready to get home and get some warmth on my face. I was gonna say, what are you doing? Just mascarading your whole face? How yeah, you? I know. My face would be like all dark right now. I don't know. I just put a bunch of like uh, primer and stuff. I was like, ah, cover up my Santa Claus beard. <laughs> I look like fucking St. Nick. See, the, the thing is, I, I will say the bonus for people who do live in drier climates, they know. I, I can't really call it a bonus. I'd say the downside of traveling to places that aren't so dry is that you never, once you're used to it, you never feel clean any place else you are. Because uh, when I shower, when I'm in California, Michigan, any place I travel to with water, I feel like still you're slimy. Not clean. Yes. Yeah, I feel slimy, yes. right? Yes, I feel yes. slimy. I don't feel like I'm fully clean because I, even if I, after I've dried off all of that after a shower, I don't feel like I've gotten everything off of me because I'm like, I'm still moist. It's weird. And so I've also lived in Colorado for 28 years. My God, it's been 28 years this year. Anyway, I've lived here 28 years. So that's, that's how I feel too. I only feel clean in Los Angeles. Sorry. I'm I'm (laughs) dirty right now. I see you got your traveling. It's just not the same. Yeah, not the same. Anyway, folks, uh, there are ways to support what we do here on the show. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your messages. So please donate a super chat right here on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Uh, if you donate a super chat, we'll be sure to read it here on the show. It helps support what we do. It helps Denise pay me. Uh, and uh, it it's just a way to keep this show going. And we love hearing from you too. So definitely send us a super chat again, <laughs> youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Uh, also, the way this show works, in case you're unfamiliar with after the week, let's say this is your first time and you're seeing our face for the first time. You're like, hey, they're two really good looking people. Why are they just talking about wrestling? And it's like, you know, I'm glad you asked that question. Why? Because we love it. But more importantly, we wanted to isolate the things that we do love and uh, and then kind of stomp a little bit on something we hate. And so the way this show works is that Denise and I pick our top three things of the week, the entire wrestling week across the wrestling landscape. If we watched it this week, if it aired this week, didn't so much have to be taped this week. As long as it happened within this week, it's up and it's fair game. And so we pick our top three things and then we make sure to pick our one thing that we just couldn't stand this week because we're human and we got to let our anger out i know i'm really curious uh now most of the time denise is doing the hosting of the show which means she throws it to me uh to start all of this off but i'm in the driver's seat and i'm gonna make denise start and we're gonna start with denise's number three worst or best pick of the week. No, not worse. We're not highlighting worse. Uh, We are starting with Denise's third best of the week. Denise, what you got for me? All right. I got them all written down here on my handy dandy notebook. And it was so easy to get them down this week. So my number three best for this week in wrestling is actually going to the finals of the Eliminator Tournament 
for AEW. Ricky Starks defeating Ethan Page. I'm putting this one up here on my third best. And the reason that it's going up there is because when they announced this tournament, instantly I was like, you need to have somebody that is going to win this, that it's actually going to propel them up to that next level in their career. Whether it be, uh, I know Ethan Page was up there as an option. I, I thought that there was a good opportunity, a good possibility that it was going to be him. But my personal two favorites in this competition, in this tournament, was Bandito and Ricky Starks. Like, Bandito, I thought, was going to win simply for the fact that he had just signed with the company. But Ricky Starks, to me, was like the guy that's almost always been on the precipice of being something a little bit more. And there's always been something to kind of, you know, shove him back to the back of the line. And I feel like he's constantly worked his way up from the back of the line to, you know, the front of the line of getting his shot. So um, seeing Ricky Starks win this tournament, I was very happy because the crowd was really behind him. They were more behind him than Ethan Page and honestly it could have done both guys good but I feel like Ricky Starks is really at that point in his AEW career where it was time to do something a little bit more with him you know him as FTW champion uh it was good but it wasn't necessarily great in terms of like just the Brian Cage program it took so long to really culminate to really come to an end and so I feel like I was just so ready to see Ricky Starks involved in anything else and then he finally did start being involved in other things and it was enjoyable to see he's been good in the ring he's been good on the mic and now that he's going to be facing mjf i'm very excited because these are two guys that i'm very excited to see what their charisma is going to be like because both guys are very charismatic different types of charisma but still very charismatic and i actually think ricky starks can hang in there with somebody like mjf um so i'm very much looking forward to this i'm very happy for ricky starks getting this opportunity and i do think this is the next uh the next step in his career i wasn't expecting that pick but that's a good pick i know you weren't i know you weren't you were like (laughs) you seem pretty shocked (laughs) i was uh but that's a good pick and you know ricky starks was the guy i i I picked from pretty much the very beginning i said before uh when we reviewed the show that uh you know aew kind of tipped their hand that it was going to be ricky starks just based on the fact that ricky starks got hurt and they stalled the tournament, which told me, okay, so they they don't have any other plans. It has to be Ricky Starks. Um, but I, I, you know, I thought from the beginning that one of the best things AEW could do and one of the best uh, messages they can send the locker room is Ricky Starks versus MJF. Right? This is uh, especially with Winter is Coming being the biggest dynamite they do every year. The fact that this year it doesn't seem to have any less promotion than it's had in previous years. You know, it's got the game of Thrones tie in. It's a big deal and they're going to main event it. They're going to make the marquee match, a match between two really homegrown guys, two guys that, and I know people say, well, he was made an interviewer, but like Ricky Starks himself has said, he's an AEW homegrown guy. Um, Please let's stick with AEW homegrown guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But Ricky Starks and MJF are, are both guys who were really, made known to the wider wrestling audience by AEW. And I think it's a good message to send to the locker room to be like, this year, both sides of it, whether it's the world champion, whether it's the world champions challengers, are both guys that we've spent the last couple of years uh, establishing ourselves that that chose AEW. And um, we have made, I guess, worldwide names here. And I, 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 and just to send that also to fans to say that, hey, we're rewarding your investment in this program by 
giving you Ricky Starks versus MJF. I can't wait to see the promos. The cool thing is we still got, what, three more Dynamites to go before then? Yes, that's why I'm so... I'm so glad that it's not like, oh, one week, here's the winner. Next week is winter is coming. No, there's actually some, um, some, a couple of shows where they can do, they can do a lot here with MJF and Ricky Starks. And so thankfully I'm, I'm pretty excited that he's going to be his first challenger. I think they can cook up some good stuff. So yeah, I feel like because of the, of the meaning of Ricky Starks winning this tournament and the potential that I think that there can be here, uh, this one had to make it on my top three for the week. Agreed. That's that's a that's a good one. I I would not have picked that. Uh, we got a couple of super chats that I wanted to read. This one here from Tim Gordon. Tim asks, "What would Blood and Guts look like if it was happening soon?" I'd book the Elite versus Hang- or the Elite and Hangman uh, and Phoenix versus Pack Penta, Aussie Open, and Will Osprey. Oh, a little bit of dissension and death triangle where you'd have Phoenix on the other side. I'll tell you what. I after. Uh, Survivor Series ended, and me and Denise did the Fightful Post Show last night. Speaking of which, if you want to see me more of me and Denise, go watch that Fightful Post Show, because we did talk Survivor Series. After that was over, I pulled up War Games uh, 92 from Wrestle War 1992. <laughs> so you needed to watch a really great War Games afterwards? <laughs> I, I did. I needed to... Uh, I won't a five-star pa- War <laughs> Games? <laughs> I'm not, I won't say it needed to cleanse my palate, but it was like, I really wanted, I was, I was actually really thinking about what Denise said about the nature of war games and the chaotic nature and the violence of it. And I was like, um, first thing I did was I pulled up Blood and Guts uh, from this past summer, because uh, it's still on my DVR. And I was like, oh, the commercials, I can't do the commercials in this match. Uh, they take me out of it. Even when I can skip those commercials, it's still like just that mode of man things are really chaotic come back here in 90 seconds and i'm like uh i don't want to uh and so i backed out of that and i'm like okay wrestle war 92 i just get a straight good old match and by the end of it i had came to one conclusion about what i want to see out of the next blood and guts match sting i need sting (laughs) i need i don't care if you know 63 and somebody's gonna stop and go are you sure like he could die Look, that's clearly how Sting wants to go. So for me, oh God, well, that is too morbid. Look, I don't believe in that. I think Sting will be perfectly fine if you. Oh, I'm, I'm, j- I'm totally just kidding. But no, I know uh, you are. Yeah, Sting. I, I uh, it has to have Sting though. I feel like for who he, uh, for how many War Games matches he participated in, and for how synonymous he almost is with it. And knowing that you have Sting now, I feel like whatever they do next has to be something including Sting. And then I thought about it. I thought, okay, thinking about the violent and dangerous nature of the match, it also has to include Darby then. Like, you could really do something cool with Darby. So I need Sting and Darby in whatever happens next. That's what I would want to see. What it, like, I love the way that, you know, Tim is booking this. Obviously, the uh, with Hangman being out right now, that wouldn't be a possibility. If we're going to do it like right now, right now. Right. Um, but I do love, you know, bringing in Ozzy Open and Will Ospreay. But I also do agree with you, including Sting and Darby into this. I feel like you can't not add Sting and Darby if you are going to do something again. Well, obviously, they're going to. But I I will tell you this, though. I will say that blood and guts. I, I hope that the next time that they is it hard to say I hope they don't do commercials because, you know, they have to do commercials. Like, yeah. that's the way they make their money. You can't say they can't do commercials, but it does I mean, take you, you know, out of it. 
you can do like a, a big sponsor because usually that's right. They've done before. it before. So I kind of hope that maybe they'll look into that a little bit more because, you know, I know some people say you can watch it on fight, but let's be real. Like not many of us are going to be watching on fight that don't have to watch it on fight. Um, so, yeah, I do hope that they find a way to do maybe at least without commercials just for just for us non fight people. Yes, uh, we got another. This one's from Mr. CJ Lilly. It says, hey, two good nights last night. No direction for uh, Alexa. Did you see her BT interview where she says being champion isn't her priority? Likes giving the new talent the moments. It's about character for her. Uh, is she too selfless right now? Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people feel that about Brian Danielson as well in that way of like the fans want to see more, but the wrestler themselves is like, eh, I kind of had all of that. I'm really in a mode of trying to uh push the next generation it's kind of tough because um she's still so young i know she's still so young and like the fans of that wrestler don't necessarily care about any of that they're just like i just want to see my favorite win i don't care who you're putting over in the process so uh that's true though but it's true but it's also like you have to commend the wrestler for being selfless in that regard of like yeah i just want to see the next generation win but fans are like I don't care. Like, I just want to see you win. Uh, So I think there is a mode of being a little bit too selfless because if you're not winning enough in pro wrestling, then you don't necessarily have a rub to give if you're constantly losing. You have to have some type of prestige to your presence, to your career. And so, yeah, you know, Alexa Bliss is a multi-time champion, so she already has that in her bag. But again, if she's not winning enough on screen, then there isn't a rub to give. So, yeah, I think you can be a little too selfless. But also, that's kind of a thing wrestlers say when they're not being pushed and they need to feel justified in it. So it's like, oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm putting people over. So right, that's that what I was thinking well. too. Like, let's say you <laughs> knew it wasn't going to be in your cards anywhere down the line, and I was asked this question, and if I was Alexa Bliss, I'd be like, well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would say this because I feel like a person should always say that they want the belt because the belt is the reason we're here, right? Like you want to be champion and no matter what division you're in, you want to be champion. Like that's a part of, you know, this whole thing. And, but I do like that she, you know, mentions focusing on character and whatnot, but that still doesn't mean you don't have to not be champion. Uh, I still think Alexa Bliss has a lot to offer on the table. I think that uh, I would, I mean, if, she, if they were to tell me tomorrow, Hey Denise, you want Alexa Bliss or Ronda Rousey on SmackDown as SmackDown women's champion. I'd be like, please give me Alexa Bliss right now. No, you know, no, sh- I'm just saying, because, you know, I just, feel like i really like lexa bliss okay what i just think she's really freaking like i think she has a lot to offer am i wrong here well are you not that big of a lexa bliss fan maybe i'm just a bigger alexa bliss fan you gotta Um, understand i love alexa bliss and i felt so bad for her when she was getting so much shit for all of the things that you know for the fiend stuff and all of that i felt terrible for her because i thought you know what this may not have been what a lot of people love, but I think she's doing the best job she possibly can given what she's been provided and what she's been given to work with. I mean, the girl was walking around with an ugly doll that looked like those freaking je- peanut butter and jelly smuckers. Mm-hmm. For, what are, they, are, they, are they called smuckers? Smackers? You know those peanut butter jelly round, round little circle things? Yeah. The frozen oh. ones? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Those ones? Okay, it literally looked like that, but with a face on it, okay? So 
she did a phenomenal job at that. And I feel bad because I really do think Alexa Bliss should be at the top. Like, there's no reason. Like, I would love to see a freaking killer program between Bianca and Alexa Bliss. Like, come on. we There's a lot more to do there. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not. Not Uncrustables. Thank you so much, Jason Smith. <laughs> Uncrustables. Among Smuckers. I think Smuckers is the brand. I yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not not an Alexa Bliss fan. Like, Alexa Bliss definitely pleasantly surprised me. Like, coming out of NXT, she was, like, the person I expected the least out of. And she came in. I'd say her and Carmella, basically, um, way over-delivered when they were brought up to the main roster. Uh, but Alexa especially. I, nobody was expecting Alexa Bliss to be a multi-time champion, somebody who you could almost build a brand around. And she, for a long time, was almost that. And so, yeah, she definitely did fall off in a way where people don't necessarily feel like she's done so i get it i get why people want to see more out of her uh right now especially meet normus says what's good will and denise my best was the men's war games match uh worst was eo didn't jump off the cage in a trash can or the ronda shotzi match i have a feeling we'll be talking about a little bit more of that stuff here shortly but we're gonna get to my number three uh, because my third best of the week was actually the main event of this week's AEW Dynamite, in which we saw Chris Jericho go one-on-one with Tamahiro Ishii. Didn't know what to expect from this match whatsoever. I thought going into this, uh, I thought, that's an interesting match. Sometimes Tony just comes up with these kind of random matchups where... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his motivation was for going into this. I'm not sure exactly what he was thinking. but uh, And I'm not sure if these two people are going to have any chemistry whatsoever. Like, this isn't exactly the, the, the uh, our spring chicken Chris Jericho. Even though Chris Jericho has had a really good year in ring, um, I know that Ishii has been kind of hit or miss this year. So I wasn't sure what to expect. Man, this was great. Uh, this was... The kind of stupid wrestling violence I love. And uh, Jericho's bleeding chest really, really spoke to me. Uh, (laughs) What did it say, Will? What did it say? It said, keep watching this shit because it's fucking great. (laughs) Um, And uh, I just, the amount, the way that the uh, Ishii was able to pull the fans into it. This is not a match that I don't think anybody in Chicago was expecting Ishii to win. It's like, okay, Chris Jericho's clearly going to retain. This is just another one of his Ring of Honor championship uh, title defenses that we've been seeing throughout this run. But these two worked to get that crowd into it. And by the end, they were going bananas. They were going crazy for everything that Ishii did. And there were some spots where I felt like they were starting to buy it. They were starting to buy the possibility that Chris Jericho could lose here. This was exciting. This was fun. This was uh, kind of exactly what you want out of this type of match where you don't have any expectations and and everything pleasantly delivers. This was two veteran performers um, who are... Uh, masters of their craft, but haven't really gotten to tangle up together. And to see this as a first-time matchup, um, did everything I needed to do. I was a really big fan of what Jericho and Ishii brought to the table as com- uh, competitors, as opponents. That's what I was going for. 
So I'll tell you this, like when this match was announced, I thought, oh, hell yeah, cool. Because I like to see matches that you probably didn't think you'd be seeing, you know, on AEW, right? Like that to me is pretty exciting. And uh, obviously Chris Jericho has been having all sorts of different opponents for uh, the Ring of Honor Championship. I like that concept too, because I just like to see, you know, again, things that I haven't seen or, you know, I just want to see, right? Like things that were unexpected. And so for this particular match, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was a great AEW Dynamite main event. Um, I just love the back and forth slap exchange between the both whether it was the slaps or there was chops uh both of that i really enjoyed uh in my post show though i did have a couple of people that weren't too fond of it some people thought that it was meaningless rather just because they knew it wasn't really going anywhere else but i think that sometimes that's not the point of things all the time i feel like you can have these matches and just enjoy them for what they are is an opportunity to see these people work together because how many like when you go back and you think of like all of these you know favorite wrestlers and different people when they were at their peak or or you know nearing the end or whatever it was like there's so many people that you're like damn I really wish I would have seen this person versus this person back in the day and you never got it because of whatever reasons and so I like that we can get more of that now where we're like oh shit like we get to see this match that's pretty freaking great in terms of the matches that Jericho has been having for the Ring of Honor Championship I still rank the Bandito one um, way higher than this one but regardless I still think that it was a really good match I enjoyed it and I, I, what can I say? I enjoyed it. And I'm glad that you put this in your top three because I was almost going to put it at my number three, but I, I bumped it down for Starks and Ethan Page just because it had a little bit more, um, you know, something there for me. But this one almost went on my top three, almost by a little bit. Did you see Brian's post? Uh, it was the AEW Japan account posted uh, just a quick interview with Brian and... Uh, that man is a is a masochist in all the best ways, but because the way he was looking at that match and he was like, you see Jericho's chest? And like, he almost was saying it in a way where like, he's like, I want to bleed like that. Um, and uh, I thought about that and I thought, I, I want Brian. <laughs> I, I understand why Brian is in the position he's in and why he's where he is. And I think people don't understand that about Brian Danielson because they're like, why would he have left WrestleMania main events to, to go wrestle over here? And it's like, do you understand that this man loves violence in his pro wrestling and wants just as much of that as he's ever going to get? So I don't know. I, I liked his reaction to having watched that match because uh, Mark Henry gave the opposite. was like, if somebody chops me like that, I'm calling the police. Um, <laughs> so... Either I mean, way. different different types of people, different types of mentalities. And we know that Brian Danielson is rather an interesting fella. Uh, and, I mean, I was there for his scrum when he first came into AEW All Out. And, and that's the thing. Like, he, everything he said he was going to do, he's done. He said, I'm going to veto. I still remember this. God, when he said that, he was kind of mocking CM Punk during this. And he said, oh, you know, CM Punk said, oh, I want to help the young guys and this and that. Nah, bro. I just want to kick them in the fucking head. (laughs) And that's what Brian Danielson said. And he has stuck to that. Um, And I just think he has a very different uh, outlook. He's a very interesting guy. Like, just listening to him talk, you'll, excuse me, like, listening to him talk, you'll know he's more of an eccentric, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. But in a a good way, in in an endearing way, I would say. Not an eccentric, like, oh, you're so fucking annoying, get away. No, like, it's funny, enjoyable. 
of course. Look, the guy's my favorite wrestler of all time. There, <laughs> there's nothing that guy could do wrong in in my eyes. Uh, Ten Ruza says, "Will I'd pop huge if after uh, Kyrie's Wrestle Kingdom match, we got a Mercedes Monet Kenny style video after." Also excited for the second Wrestle Kingdom show and Rock versus Reigns WrestleMania 39. Um, I mean, we went in depth this yesterday on this. Also, I sent you a screenshot of that Sasha Banks uh, TikTok video. I just sent you a quick screenshot, but it's pretty much like a compilation of her, like in the ring and training and all of this. And then her caption is what I think the fans is going to interest people a little bit there. Um, if you want to read it or just put your phone up to the screen or something. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's that. Yeah, she just says she's coming. That's it. She's coming. It's, it's interesting. I, I don't know what that means. And her, uh, yeah. her hashtags were interesting too. So it's like, oh, yeah. what's, what's going on, Sasha? I was thinking about what you said yesterday, and God. I, I think you're wrong. Um, what did I so, say? So I was talking about. <laughs> I how... said a bunch of stuff. <laughs> So I was thinking about Sasha and, you know, I had said yesterday that there's never going to be a bigger opportunity to bring her back than last night. That, you know, Survivor Series was it. You had said, and I've heard from a couple of people, people have said that, you know, well, the Rumble could be just as big. Not if she's not winning. If you, you don't have the plan for her to win that Rumble, no, it's not as big. It, you know, you get the one entrance, but if she just gets tossed out of the ring after that, uh, in any regard, it's not as big. I think that... Uh, Bringing Sasha so why back, can't she would... come? She can come back and win the rumble. Sure, but if you know where does that fit, right? If they're doing Becky Ronda on one side and then um, Bianca Sasha, maybe, but like we've seen that already. Uh, I don't know. It's like you know, I all the everything seems to be pointing to a Charlotte return in victory uh, and Charlotte facing Bianca. Like I don't know where Sasha necessarily fits there. So that's where I'm like, if you don't well, remember, bring her I back said yesterday, there's a good opportunity. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't be pissed if I saw Bianca and Sasha again. Yeah, I mean, it was very good, uh, and so it's one of the best uh, women's matches at WrestleMania ever. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I don't think a Rumble appearance <laughs> is as big without the victory. That's all. Uh, okay, like, well, you know, what? just win. just for the sake of argument here. I'm just going to guess if Sasha Banks comes back, comes back, it's at the Rumble and she's winning. There you go. Okay. Just, there, just so that we can have something going here. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely fair. Denise Salcedo, what is your number two? All right. So we kind of talked about this in depth a lot yesterday. Uh, I will warn you, this is the only Survivor Series thing on my list this week. I know, right? Um, so... My number two is Sami Zayn essentially staying loyal to the bloodline. And just that portion, though, like not even the entire men's war games, just that singular portion of Sami Zayn proving his loyalty to the bloodline. OK, that portion right there is what I have to include in my uh, top three of the week. And I mean, go look on social media. I mean, it was literally everybody. I put out this question just asking people what did they think about the men's war games rated on a one to 10. Everybody was like, oh, action, not the action was so, so I would rate the action seven, but the storytelling 10 everywhere. Go scroll, 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 storytelling, storytelling, 10, 10, 10, Sammy, 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 bloodline, bloodline, bloodline. Okay. And that cannot be ignored. Like I'm, that cannot be ignored whatsoever when a huge majority of the people are reacting positively to uh, 
you know, to something like this, right? Then on top of that, I kind of ran through this already last night, but just to give a quick short summary, uh, for me, it was more so what I liked about this was that even though Sami Zayn was proving his loyalty to the bloodline, I was still waiting for there to be another swerve on top of this because I wasn't too entirely sure. Like I was still thinking, okay, maybe he is going to, I don't know how about Kevin Owens. I don't know. Like it just kept me on edge in terms of what really is going on here. And, um, I liked that, you know, Sami Zayn walking into the War Games match was, like, very hesitant. He took too long. He played the part of, like, what if maybe he is in cahoots with, you know, Kevin Owens. Maybe he's not. Uh, so I like the way that they played up the whole thing. And uh, Roman Reigns, you know, sitting there in the little cage door, and he's just, like, you know, looking very serious, like, wondering what the frick uh, Sami Zayn is going to do when he was hugging him backstage and he gave that, like, eye of betrayal uh, towards the camera. Um, and then just everything afterwards, the hugging, them all celebrating and, you know, being best of friends and just him winning, the, uh, you know, Jey Uso over. All of that, to me, was really great stuff, especially especially because of everything that they've been doing prior. Like the Sami Zayn bloodline stuff has been good consistently each and every single week. We've been on here, Will, you and I, putting this thing over all the freaking time. You know, how many, like, what was it? Like when the whole honorary Oost t-shirt moment happened on SmackDown, that was number one for both me and you. Uh, that was such a huge moment. And there were some other moments too between Sami Zayn and the bloodline that made it up there. Um, and so they've been consistently doing a great job. And I thought that the ending of War Games, uh, for this story was definitely on point. I agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that I thought, uh, I actually thought this was um, really great, really compelling. I am actually going to just take a quick step back and go with my second best pick of the week. Wait, the is this both our second best pick? Kind of, because okay. I'm going to be a little bit kinder to you. Uh, kinder to you, kinder than you. Oh, and okay. that uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to give it everything in this match uh, because of the fact that, granted, while the action wasn't, it wasn't necessarily an action heavy match, uh, but the action was decent. And the fact is, the story was so compelling. That's worth the entire number two pick to me. Uh, and I'm talking about going through the entire <laughs> night, right? Because there was so much that went on with Sami Zayn and the bloodline throughout the night. We saw, as you can see on your screen, uh, Roman give the uh, reluctant hug to Sami Zayn. And he had this look of like, you know, it, we were thinking after that first hug that Roman's done with this. Uh, Sami Zayn's time is, is up and he is going to be crushed tonight and some... Souls are going down. And yet, we didn't get that at all. Sami Zayn, the way Paul Heyman described it in the, uh, in the press conference that followed Survivor Series yesterday, Paul Heyman said Sami Zayn is like that character that made a cameo on the show and ended up becoming the star of the show. And that's a testament to how good Sami Zayn is. And I agree with that. Maybe, hopefully it's not like to a fault, like with like a Steve Urkel kind of thing, where then that character ends up overtaking and almost becoming annoying. But, uh, and I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But still I Still an iconic character. 
Still an iconic character, but my God, if you ever made it to the end of Family Matters, it was torture. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the thinking about the story told throughout this match and the way that the match started out with Butch and uh, Jay Uso and um, talking about the way Butch was working over Jay Uso and then Sammy comes in and uh, the dichotomy there of Sammy Zayn and Jay Uso having just for a moment, just for a few minutes, having to actually trust each other and Jay Uso realizing, you know, I'm at a disadvantage if I don't trust Sami Zayn. That was a great story told in just this portion of the match. And uh, just as everybody makes their way in and Kevin Owens makes his way in and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come head to head. And it's like uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have a lot of history, whether it's uh, positively or negatively, they have a lot of history together. You know, Sami Zayn was, Kevin Owens' best man at his wedding. Like, this is, there's a lot here. And, uh, you know, the question of where do Sami Zayn's loyalties lie were questioned throughout this match. And, of course, whatever the moment was going to end up being, um, we knew it was going to be something big and something meaningful. When Roman Reigns finally made his way in, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, I thought uh, just their little exchange was exciting enough to make me want to see what's now rumored to be their upcoming match i guess at royal rumble uh that's great shit i as soon as these two started locking up i was like oh yeah i forgot they have great chemistry going back to 2016 these guys had great chemistry over the universal title uh and whether one was a heel one was a face we've seen it swap we saw it a couple years ago but it was in uh the thunderdome and i never want to watch anything from the thunderdome again so uh I would love to see this again. So just seeing that action play out, great stuff. But then when the low blow moment happened, when Sami Zayn made his choice, kicked Kevin Owens in the balls and allowed the bloodline to take the victory. That was both, I've never had my emotions in wrestling torn in two different directions. Because on one side, I'm like, I want to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This, these are best friends, right? This is, these are guys who I have watched going back to PWG. These are guys that I have seen do it all together. I watched these guys have a tumultuous relationship with Jim Cornette and Ring of Honor, and they stuck by each other. Kel Stenerico was the name of that team. That was great stuff. I loved everything about um, Kevin Steen and El Generico, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. This, when they both made it to NXT together, that was a moment. And when Kevin Owens turned, it was like, of course he did. But regardless, it's something that I've wanted to see these two finally patch it up and, and make it work as a babyface team. We haven't seen that yet. So that's the moment that I wanted to see. And it was heartbreaking in that moment to see Sami Zayn choose the bloodline. But also, Sami Zayn and the bloodline has been a great story. So my heart is also there. And it's like, oh, it's great to see Sami Zayn welcomed into this family that uh, was reluctant to accept him, that has seen most of this as a joke, and it has just turned into something much, much bigger. And so, yeah, this was great storytelling. This was 10 out of 10 storytelling, sure. But you can't ignore 10 out of 10. This whole thing gets my number two. Uh, This was one of my favorite things to take place this week. 
this is like the way that you explained it. It's like you're watching a movie and you're like, well, who should the lead go with? She's got two lovers. Are you team Bloodline? <laughs> Are you team Kevin Owens? Like, who's the lover she should stay with, you know, type of deal? Um, no, I completely agree with you because I had the same feeling where it was like, yeah, I, it's breaking my heart, you know, you and Kevin Owens like this. But I also love you and the Bloodline. So, you know, I, and I think that's a good thing because you don't always get stuff like that where you're like, oh, I really love both sides. So whatever direction you go in, I'm cool with it uh but i think i feel also along the lines of a lot of other people where it's one of those things where you're like i'm just glad we get to see more interactions between the bloodline and uh cmu so uh and that that to me is exciting especially because now we're going to be seeing a new dynamic you know yeah with this after after war games there's going to be there has to be this new dynamic amongst the bloodline and sammy so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out at each and every single week oh for sure and the Jey Uso dynamic finally changes. Yes, uh, exactly. Like that has a payoff. We uh, and you know what? Because I love the way SmackDown went off the air with Jey Uso just not taking his eyes off Sami Zayn. That was great. But we got a payoff to this now. Jey Uso has come around to Sami Zayn. We're done. Like this is it. I actually the thing I'm most excited for this coming Monday is to see the handshake between <laughs> Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. And I honestly want him to like somehow do it dual with like the Usos on both sides and he and they're both like doing the, the handshake with Sami Zayn at the same time. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, this was great. Uh, all of this was very good stuff. Thumbs um, up. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Denise, I got a question for you. Yes. What's your question, Will? Um, so I assume you had yourself a fairly good Thanksgiving, correct? I did. You did. Does that mean that your holiday season has begun? My holiday season is about to begin because I am a proud owner of Smack Talk Showdown, ladies and gentlemen. So if you guys haven't played this wrestling card game, uh, I have promo wars here on my YouTube channel, which you guys can watch. It's literally a wrestling card game where they give you prompts that include a wrestling name, a scenario, and a special task you have to do. And you act out the promos. You play with your friends, and whoever is the best promo, whoever is the rock of the team, whoever is the MJF, whoever is the Dusty Rhodes of the of the game, uh, ends up winning. And it's really fun. It's really, really wacky it's very silly if you just want to have a good time with your friends and see how you would do in terms of cutting a promo smack talk showdown is legitimately the perfect gift either for yourself you can add it to your wish list or hell you can even get it for your friends maybe even your family hey maybe grandma wants to smack talk a little bit uh head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com they are our sponsors and we love them so much we have such a great time playing their games and guess what for you all people for you very special people you get five dollars off your entire order with the promo code Denise. So uh, if you do want to save some extra money during the holidays, $5 off your entire order with the promo code Denise. And that is at smacktalkshowdown.com. Please show our sponsors some love. And I promise you, you will not regret getting this as a gift. And again, you can watch promo works here on the YouTube channel and see how it works. $5 off your entire promo with promo code Denise, smacktalkshowdown.com. Hell yeah. All right, it's time for our worst. Woo! My favorite part of the show. My favorite part of the show is getting to pick my worst. Is it really? Yes. I can't, I don't know what to tell you. You know when you go into those rooms where you just like smash stuff and you break things? 
picking yeah. my worst gives me that kind of release, you know? I'm just here like, gotta let out all my anger, you know? I can't wait to hear what yours is. Denise I'm actually excited about this week's. Let's hear it. What's your worst? All right. Bless his heart. Bless his heart so much. But, bro, did they do scripts so dirty on WWE <laughs> NXT? <laughs> bro, they did him so dirty, okay? And, well, I don't know if the picture's still up because I know I had it up on my uh, previous show. So I may or may not be up in this our little system here. That's but okay. I'll grab it. Scripps is mask. God bless. Why would they do this to this poor guy? So if you guys don't know, on NXT, they've been teasing this new character, Scripps. And basically the way that they have been portraying this person or the buildup to this reveal is he's been leaving like voice memos with a distorted voice and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And, and oh my God, whatever, right? And there's been vandalism and all sorts of things, right? So you're expecting this like me. I don't know. You're expecting anything but what you're seeing on your screen right now. What we ended up getting was Reginald as scripts, which I do not have a problem with this being Reginald. I think Reginald as scripts is it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Give the guy an opportunity, okay? Um, it's NXT. Give the guy an opportunity. Um, but this mask, God, they did him no favors. First of all, it doesn't match the character development that they had been doing leading up to scripts. It was just not this wonky. I don't even know how to describe this. This is so bad. This reminds me of like... You know, it just, oh, God, the mask was horrible. This is like a 90s, like, let's just give them a weird-ass, terrible mask with a terrible background story uh, or some terrible gimmick. And this is what they did to him. The mask is so bad. It's it's horrible. The, the whole thing where he leaves the card and just the whole presentation of it does not match the original build-up to scripts. So I'm basically voting this the worst of the week for the fact that it doesn't match what they've been promoting. And secondly, because the mask is so freaking bad and they did him so dirty. I feel so bad for Reginald in this situation because they need to, they need to do something about that mask. If he comes out next week with this mask again, that's just messed up, bro. This is messed up. So, that's my worst of the week. I, I don't regularly watch NXT. Uh, and so, but I did catch this on my Twitter feed. <laughs> Oh, it was all over. You're welcome. Yeah. I was I posted the picture right away. <laughs> and I'm like, let the people decide how they feel about it. And everybody, I knew everybody was going to shit on it the second I saw it. Because unfortunately, how can you not? I can't believe how bad the mask is. I, I ended up going and looking it up just because I thought, okay, I need to see this in action. Maybe it's one of those things where stills aren't doing it justice and maybe footage will help. I think footage made it worse uh, because then I kind of get a feel for how cheap the mask feels and how it kind of seems like it was, it feels like one of those, Hey mom, I've got a project due tomorrow. Um, can we go by <laughs> Hobby Lobby and go make this mask? And... Bro, Hobby Lobby closes at like six. <laughs> I know. Like, so let's, like, go to, let's go to Walmart, the sales section, and no. see if we can find some materials. <laughs> not even freaking Hobby Lobby, not even freaking Michaels. Your ass is at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, it it just it looks so bad, and I felt so bad because, um, yeah, I you know I want to see more for Reginald. I'm glad that the 24 seven title is over with, and um, he's clearly somebody who has a lot to offer. But I feel like he. 
this is the third time he's had a little bit of an uphill battle uh, where, you know, he was first brought in uh, in the Carmela sasha Banks feud, and that was all really bad. And then, then he got wasn't into, he in a love affair with Shayna for a second? Uh-huh. And yeah, I remember that. he was brought over into the... Uh, <laughs> he was brought over onto Raw and did, did the 24-7 stuff. No, it was it Shayna or was it Nia Jax? Who was the name? Nia, it was Nia, Nia Jax. Jax. Nia, Nia Jax. Jax. I don't know yeah. why I was thinking Shayna. No, yeah. Shayna was involved somehow. Well, yeah, Shayna and Nia being... Jax were tagged. Yeah, there you go. Thank yeah. you. I forgot. I'm like, I knew uh-huh. Shayna was involved, but <laughs> it was Nia Jax who he had a love, of, a supposed love affair with. Right. Or and... that's what they were alluding to. And then he made his way over to Raw, where he was basically just in the, in the 24-7 brigade. Uh, and, like, at least his stuff with the 24-7 title, when he got to do what he does best, was entertaining. But also, that whole division is an anchor. So it was interesting to know that he was going to be rebooted and given another chance to do something that, at least at its core, seemed a little more serious. But The Mask... I can't help but wonder what he thought when he looked at that and thought, you're really about to send me on TV with this. What would you do, Will, if they told you, here you go, this is your gimmick, this is your mask, this is, what, this is scripts? I'd How would lo- you go out I'd, there? I'd start looking on Indeed. Like I-, <laughs> I would cry. I would cry and just, like, disappear forever. I would yeah. cry. I would cry and then go to the dirt sheets and tell them what happened to me. <laughs> And I'd share a picture. I couldn't come out. I couldn't come out wearing this. Oh, yeah, no, this, this should have been like the, you know, the old FTR clock thing. Like, this should have been one of those pictures where, you know, in a, in a shoot interview in a couple years, you're like, this is what they were about to make me wear before I decided to quit the business forever. <laughs> my, my, my whole thing would be like, my story would be like, uh, Denise locks herself in closet crying because she was forced to wear a really ugly mask. That would be my story. That would be my dirt sheet story. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, it, I feel really bad for him in terms of having to go out there and wear that mask. Because, you know, I mean, if he was okay with it, then you know what? More power to him. Okay, honestly, more power to him. I don't want to make him feel bad about it. But I no, mean, I'd start questioning his taste. Are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> I know. But you got to know. Like, let's say even, let's say you were okay with it. Like, you know what? You can have fun. You can make it work. You believe in yourself. You know, you can make anything work. Right? And, but I would know, I would know based on what is out there and what we've seen, I would know that the wrestling fans would shit on me for wearing this. I would be fully aware of that. So, uh, I mean, what do you do? You just go out there. You, what are you going to do? Tell tell whoever decided this, no. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to, you want a job. You want to keep your job. You're going to say, yeah, okay, I can do it. I mean, how many people haven't been stuck with shitty gimmicks and some people made it work and then some people, well, you never heard of them again, you know? <laughs> I this know. Is a, I, yeah. this, this is inherently wrestle crap, but, like, I feel that, the right performer, no, you can't turn the mask around, but at least you might be able to turn scripts around. Maybe it can be a thing where uh, it would require some jumping through some hoops and and detangling this quite a bit. You could probably turn it around and make it work, but that's that's way too bad. I think they should just alter the mask or take the mask off and then just run with it because no matter what, like Reggie can do cool things, right? And that will help get him over. If he just goes out there and he does all this fancy uh, you know, flips that Braun Strowman wouldn't like. So, you know, go out there and do it. <laughs> uh, Araya Bid 666 says, seriously, the WWE slash ECW think fans are idiots. Uh, we got 
uh devil kazuya 27 said should austin theory debut a beyblade spinner belt um i mean i saw a lot of people who thought that was a mistake who thought that when austin theory came to the ring and the beyblade graphic came up on the tron they were they were thinking that wait did they just accidentally play an ad on the screen during austin theory's entrance uh no austin theory the beyblade bought an ad on the winning participant in that match that was that's why i said yesterday that i felt like it was a tell who was going to win that match because they sponsored that specific match and had their ad placed on the guy who was clearly going to walk out successfully because you definitely don't want your ad on a guy whose shoulders are pinned to the mat um but I don't know. I would love to see him continue to be sponsored. I want more wrestler sponsorships, to be honest. I When I go back and watch old Rawls and I see X-Pac sponsored by Hanson's Energy and he comes out with his uh, his Hanson's Energy can, which, by the way, later renamed itself Monster. Um, that's where the Monster brand comes from. But Hanson's Energy drinks and X-Pac coming out with that green and black can because it happened to match his attire. And he comes out mm-hmm. drinking it and turning toward the camera and making sure that the logo's facing. That was great shit. I want to see more wrestlers just like with brands on them. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Jimmy John's like, let's go. I want wrestlers sponsored by brands i will say this though i tried jimmy john's because of brock lesnar really? let's just say i was gonna f5 brock lesnar after that <laughs> you didn't like jimmy john's no it's interesting because they want to nothing... sponsor us i'll start liking them <laughs> <laughs> but no, no I, mean, I did it i tried it and i was like Ugh. i mean I can't be like bleh because it's just like plain food. It's just like, that's what I mean. It was bleh. It yeah, was just plain, plain sandwiches. I mean, look, Jimmy John's is not. You're never gonna get anything great out of Jimmy John's. What you're gonna get out of Jimmy John's is like something quick, and that's the the appeal. Well, Jimmy I wasn't Johnson. expecting that. I didn't know I was expecting something delicious. I'm like, oh, Brock Lesnar is being sponsored by them. Might as well try it. Their commercials aren't like, hey, get your food that tastes good. They're like, get your food quickly. That's what? What, all their commercials. But shouldn't it, be, shouldn't it be implied that your food's going to taste good? No. If they don't say, like, you know, Subway is eat fresh. You know, you're going to get fresh food, I guess. Um, I don't you know, know about the Pizza that. Hut Have is, you not seen the headlines for Subway? I know, right? But Pizza Hut, making it great, right? Everybody says that their food is great. Jimmy John's has never said that. Jimmy John's is just like, you'll get it quickly. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Thank you. Egg on my face, I guess. I should not have expected their food to be good. I guess so. Hey, my worst of the week. Look, I hate to kick this one while it's down. But oh, it's my so God, I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. But it's so fresh in my mind. Can but I guess? guys, please go ahead. Ronda Shotzi. Thank you. So Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi Blackheart. Again, or Shotzi. Sorry, she's not Shotzi Blackheart anymore. Um, although I saw you made that mistake too. But Oh, thanks, uh, Will. <laughs> you know, that could have gone unnoticed. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. You're like, you're like, if I'm going down, bitch, you're going down too. Exactly. We're bringing the whole ship down. No, okay. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. Uh, look, I don't mean to, to kick things while they're down because obviously the internet is already having a lot of fun with this match. But let me just say that this stunk, and uh, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know that I was expecting it to be any better than it was. But I do know that there's something wrong with Ronda Rousey's current run in WWE. There's something going terribly wrong here. Uh, I feel like 
when you think about who Ronda was as a performer and how much pro wrestling and sports entertaining and, and storytelling came naturally to her uh, in her run four years ago, you start to think about how long four years really was because now something is just not clicking with her in the ring. And, uh, you know, most people I know are tend to be more forgiving to uh, Shotzi. And I think it has to do with the fact that she had an indie career. But uh, I'm going to be honest, Shotzi is no good either. And uh, she, again, I think people have wanted to be forgiving to her, but I keep seeing the remark of, you know, you put Shotzi in there with a good opponent and, you know, she might deliver. Where is that good opponent? When is it going to happen? Um, because as far as being on the main roster is concerned, it has not happened. And uh, I have reached the point with Shotzi where I'm not convinced it's going to happen. I'm starting to think that uh, the matches she had in NXT that delivered were more the exception, not the rule. And then on top of that, Ronda's just not that performer anymore. Something is just not clicking with her. Uh, there were some really embarrassing spots in this match, uh, particularly the DDT on the apron spot where Ronda maybe hesitated or decided, nah, I'm not going to take this. And then uh, after Shotzi went down, went, actually, maybe I will. And then dives down after work. The, the crowd spot was also uh, quite bad. The crowd was chanting, we want Sasha. Uh, and even the finish. Can Ronda not hit her finisher anymore? This used to look good. I don't know what happened. And she's fully in control of this. So it's not one of those things where, uh, you know, maybe it's based on opponent. No, it's not looking good when she does it at all. And on top of that, uh, it just the finish felt flat. I know it was supposed to be a story where Shotzi came off resilient and like she was just withstanding the onslaught from Ronda Rousey, but it was just not hidden. Uh, nothing about this hit. And then I started thinking back to the promo on SmackDown that uh, Ronda and Shayna cut, which was also kind of embarrassing. And, you know, I know I've been an advocate for a while. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this. I know I've been an advocate for a while of uh, merging the women's titles. But I actually think at this stage that that would be uh, a detriment to the Raw women's title, and it would bring it down. So honestly, if you just got rid of the SmackDown women's title at this stage, um, and, and I say that in a way of like 24-7 title style, where you just like for a few months just pretend it doesn't exist, Bianca just starts showing up on Raw, and you just casually just start calling her the women's champion, and then one day somebody just drops that belt in the trash. Um, I wouldn't be upset because uh, SmackDown's women's division is is hurting right now i think bringing bringing becky into it and i i said this yesterday but i think that's why they brought becky back on smackdown rather than raw even though she's been on raw for the last year um i think they brought her back on smackdown because the plan is probably for her to be a part of the smackdown women's division they need it they need somebody they need a, a somebody with the star presence ronda rousey brings a star name for sure but it's felt like this year, 2022, that star presence is not there anymore. I don't think that she brings, uh, there's that aura is not there any longer. Uh, and she's just not bringing it as a performer. I don't know what it is, but it's you not. You think maybe it. she just doesn't have the passion? Maybe. 
Um, I know that this just was collecting definitely a paycheck sort of thing. I, I think this was something she very much wanted to do, but uh, at least four years ago. But it feels like now I definitely don't see what I saw before, other than maybe feeling like she had uh, something to prove. Maybe I don't know. Sheldon Jackson, by the way, says I'm with Denise. Jimmy Johns is not good at all. Ronda and Shotzi was a match they could have done on SmackDown or worse, a live event match. <laughs> I mean, look, we talked about this yesterday, and I knew I, – that's why I didn't pick it as my worst of the week. I knew you were going to have it as worst of your – I knew somebody was going to have it as their worst of the week, okay? And I do not blame you whatsoever for putting it on there because it was just so bad, especially that freaking DDT on the apron that was supposed to happen. I can't – that was just too – God, it's so bad when these botches or – these things are so noticeable to this degree. Like, it's fine if there's a slight one that happens, right? Okay, you know, things are going to happen. Not, nothing's perfect, right? But, like, this, this was so freaking bad. A freaking two-year-old would have been like, what the fuck's going on, you know? That's how bad it was. And, uh, I mean, I said this already, and I'll say it again. I knew this match wasn't going to be good. And I knew it because of the recent track record with Ronda and because of the track record with Shotzi. And I I think Shotzi has so much potential. And, like, the things I do like about Shotzi is her look. Her look is phenomenal. I, I like the energy that she brings to the ring. I do love all of that. But, unfortunately, uh, there just needs to be more work in terms of the polish, like, polishing things up, right? Like, the technique of things. And that's what has been hurting Shotzi, unfortunately. And with Rhonda, I'm just starting to think maybe she's just not feeling very passionate about what she's doing when she's out there. And I don't know, because I don't want to just estimate, I don't want to put words into her mouth or guess her emotions, but that's just the way that it's coming across. And it sucks because I've said this before and I'll say it again. I love Ronda Rousey. I think Ronda Rousey is incredible and there's so much freaking potential with her, uh, with her. And I disagree with you where it comes to like getting rid of the SmackDown Women's Championship. I like the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's just that. I, I know I'm being harsh. Yes, you are being, you're being so mean, Will. How dare you? Um, it's just like, I do think they just need somebody that is, A, going to care about what they're doing. Really, really, you know, even if you're not working with much, I feel like if someone who really wants to be champion is going to freaking do the best they can, even if they're out there trying to cut a promo, that's all they've got. You know what? I'm going to cut the best promo of my goddamn life, you know? Uh, and then with the in the surroundings of it all, we just need to build up more women, build up more women, build them up with more credibility. And that's it. It, it. To me, it's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. It's just a matter of doing it, executing it and giving it a little time. And for us to just see that it's actually even happening. Like, I just want to see those changes. And I think if we see those changes, we could definitely have a very nice uh, SmackDown women's division. It's just not right now. Uh, right now, it just doesn't feel it feels like it's slim pickings in terms of what the options are. And I just feel bad because I think Ronda Rousey in WWE should, she should be that person that every time she's out there having a match, it should be a big freaking deal. And unfortunately it has not been. Oh yeah. And that's a shame. Well, I guess that now brings us to the best part of the show. Ooh, I can let the anger out. Now we can breathe. <laughs> Namaste. Now, I am curious. I think, you think we're twins? 
I you think, think so. we're twins on number I, one? I think so, yes. Oh, uh, might be is... different reasons, but I, I, I have a hunch. I don't that... know. I think it's the same reasons. Oh, this this rules. Again, the, the beauty of this is that um, this is not a thing Denise and I discussed beforehand. We no. literally come together two minutes before this show with all of our stuff already prepared. So who would have guessed? But I'm guessing this is another time where it's, Denise and Will's best pick of the week. So, can we just say it at the same time? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes? Okay. okay. One, Ready? One, two, two three. three. Go. Women's Good War touch. Games. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I stopped talking about that. I heard Women's War. I was like, oh, we are not on the same page. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Bro, you freaking stole that shit so well. I was like, oh, reel it back, Denise. Reel it back. You guys are not on the same page. Okay, well, for those of you, it's Death Triangle and the Elite Numero Dos on the Best of Seven series. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you, did you see my face? My eyes bulged out. I was like, oh crap. I felt so bad. This has been Will, are you alive? We need to clip this out. That was probably one of the best moments ever on the history of After the Week. Yes, that was very good. Never again uh, are we doing this. All okay. right. So what yes. were your reasons as to why, or do you want me to go first? What do you, we, Will, we, compose yourself? Yeah, I, I, okay. Um, obviously, last week I gave my number one to Elite versus Death Triangle uh, at full gear. Um, I felt like the match did, uh, part of it was being there in person and just seeing it, and it was just uh, such a hoot. But it was also such a triumphant return for the Elite um, in terms of their entrance. And I love the story it told of they came in with all this pomp and circumstance and uh, almost this um, foregone conclusion expectation that they were going to come in and take their titles back and resume. That's what all the video package had been building to of like, they're the rightful champions. Everything is theirs. They're the elite. They're the elite in all elite wrestling. And they lost. I thought that was a great story. And I wondered how you top that. And I don't necessarily think the match topped it just because it's a TV match and it wasn't really designed to. But uh, flip the dynamic completely, right? Because they got a hero's welcome in Newark, New Jersey at full gear. The fans were there for the elite. That was not the case here. Uh, they walked into Chicago, Wintrust Arena. It's one of my favorite venues in Chicago. I, I love um, Wintrust Arena just because it, it is such a um intimate setting it's it's not as big as all-state arena or definitely not as big as the united center um and it's just slightly smaller than now arena but it is in the heart of chicago so you're gonna get uh you're gonna get that chicago crowd and again i just something about the acoustics of that arena the way sound hits crowds just come off so loud and from the moment carry on my wayward son hit booze they were just raining down on them there were cm punk chants you could tell that this crowd was about to give it to the elite and then something magical happened a fuck the elite chant um comes about and then a fuck cm punk chant comes about and then a colt cabana chant comes about and all of a sudden you realize oh this isn't 
as cut and dry as we thought it was going to be. This is a match where uh, this is a crowd that, you know, you forget before there was ever a CM Punk at AEW, there was just an AEW in Chicago. AEW already had an established presence in Chicago. So these guys already had their fans in Chicago. And there's a lot of them here. So you got this dueling civil war between Chicagoans in the crowd. And when you could almost think that the match was going to just make itself about the crowd, the elite did what I felt was the smart thing, which was take it back from the crowd, but give the crowd a little bit, give the crowd a little bit to where it brings them into the match and not so much into themselves. Because the first time that Kenny does the Terminator clap and then looks up and gives a go to sleep uh, sign, the crowd reacted almost immediately. They're like, wait, what was that? And so they all start paying attention to the match. And then throughout the match, they peppered in some little digs at CM Punk, right? You know, you see Matt Jackson attempt a buckshot lariat, and he flops on it. Uh, again, these were all like little on-screen references. Then Kenny comes in and bites Pack, like fresh out of a commercial break. He comes in, bites Pack, and you look at this like, whoa, they're like really going here. Uh, and of course, Kenny attempts a go to sleep on um, Pack, and. Uh, yeah, he actually hits to go to sleep. And you would think through all of this happening, again, this was just like every single thing happening here just had my jaw on the floor. I'm like, I can't believe they're going here. And considering, I don't know, just two hours ago, I was reading a headline from Kenny Omega talking about let it go, fans. And then the three of them are like, just kidding. And they go fucking ham with all of this shit. And again, I was just, I was laughing. I was shocked. Uh, the crowd was just all over the place, had me excited. And I would think, what, what, why are we doing this? What is happening here? I can't believe they're going here. And then, in the end, it all made sense, right? Because uh, the elite came in, they worked babyface, they worked to the fans, and they lost because they came in a little too cocky at the pay-per-view. So they decided this time around, fuck the fans. We're going to do what we do best, and we're going to show the fans that we're still the elite, and they came in and mocked the fans, and that also bit them in the ass, because that ended up, all of that, everything they did to heal it up ended up backfiring. You know, Matt Jackson hits the low blow on Pac, uh, and you think that's that's going to be it. Matt Jackson goes to get the um, the the ring bell hammer himself. And he starts making out with it, all of that. He's going to yeah. attempt to use that on pack. And Penta happens to have one of his own. He smashes it over uh, Matt Jackson's head. One, two, three. They still got beaten at their own game. And it was one of those things where they antagonized the fans a little bit. But at the end of the day, the fans won because the elite lost. And I just thought... God damn, that was tremendous television. That was everything that I love about pro wrestling. Watching that, I just had an absolute blast with that. Um, I don't care about any of the implications out of it. Just watching what I watched on TV, that was some of the best, most entertaining pro wrestling television I've watched in ages. Denise Salcedo, what did you think of this? So there was a person in the chat asking if this was going to be our number one pick every single week for the next seven matches. And here's the thing. Uh, this one was in particular more special because it was in Chicago. And that's the thing. Like, 
I feel that the reason, well, the part of the reason what, and you ran this down, but part of the reason for me that it was so uh, impactful was really because with the split crowd, with the fuck CM Punk and the fuck the elite chance and this and that, right? It felt like a really big sports feel. Like if you were out in a game and, you know, you have obviously people rooting for one team and people rooting for another, that's exactly what this felt like. And the energy was just through the freaking roof, through the freaking roof. And I'm so glad that you pointed out the whole thing about Kenny Omega. That was one thing that I said on my show is I had just read, I had just reported on this freaking article that was put out there about him telling the fans to let it go. And now he's out here fighting people, doing GTSs, et cetera. Uh, so I did kind of think like, okay, so I probably should not take what he said seriously on that uh, on that interview and just move forward with this. But I feel because they were in Chicago, they had to do this. Or rather, you know, they were playing to the crowd. The crowd was reacting. You're playing to the crowd. It was freaking entertaining as all hell to see. And legitimately, I didn't know what to expect from the Chicago crowd for this. I didn't know what was going to happen or anything, especially when you and I, Will, we were just sitting in this Newark crowd uh, listening to everybody say fuck CM Punk. And it was one of those things where it was just freaking nuts to see. And then, I mean, it, it's almost like going to a different planet. Like all of a sudden now you're in Chicago and you're getting this entirely different reaction. And truthfully, like I kind of thought there was going to be a good chance that like everybody was just like anti the elite. Like I didn't know if the crowd was going to be divided. I thought everybody was going to be anti the elite. Then I thought fuck Based on what I've seen on social media, will all of Chicago turn on CM Punk? I don't know. Like, that was my thoughts, you know, heading into this. And then the match itself, you know, obviously all these guys, they just do magic with each other. It's freaking nuts, the things that they can do together. It was freaking great. I love the way the crowd reacted when Phoenix did the tornado and everybody just went batshit crazy and started chanting ole. And, um... What do you call it? It just felt like a really, really big freaking moment. Just the entire thing. It was a spectacle to watch. It was one of those things where I'm like, shit, like this is going to be like a once in a lifetime thing for AEW in Dynamite in Chicago coming off of this massive freaking story that swept the headlines that had everybody talking, even casuals, even locals, everybody. Frick, me and my mom had a conversation about the Elite and CM Punk. She don't watch wrestling. She don't know shit about wrestling. We talked about the Elite and CM Punk. What were your mom's thoughts? She was like, oh, yeah, I saw about that on Twitter. She just said, but I was following your tweets. I just didn't understand what was actually happening. But based on your tweets, it seemed very interesting. That was what my mom said. So she, you know, obviously she's not a wrestling fan. She has no idea. Who, but your she mom follows your Twitter. And that's, fan. Your mom follows Yeah, my mom Twitter follows me on Twitter. She actually reads all my tweets, by the way. Like, even though she, she doesn't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, she reads my tweets. Like, she's up to date with stuff. And she knows that CM Punk, like, she knows there's certain wrestlers that when she hears their names, she knows to pay extra attention because they're my favorite wrestlers. Like, CM Punk, she'll pay extra attention to. Chris Jericho, she'll pay extra attention to. Uh, I had to explain to her what AEW was. I explained to her what the WWE versus AEW situations that. How I even explained this to my grandma. I had this conversation with my grandma, too, okay? That's how big this elite CM Punk stuff was that you're talking about it with people that don't even watch wrestling. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, so just like this was a once in a lifetime thing, I think, at least for this. And it, they got a lot of people thinking, is CM Punk going to come back to AEW? Are they going to build off a story, make this into a, you know an on-screen story? What the hell is going to happen? I don't know because, you know, based obviously on the reports that have put out there that, you know, certain people don't want to work with 
CM Punk anymore. It's like, I don't know if that means that he's necessarily done it out or if that's just, you know, wrestling. I, I don't know. You know, we've, you've, there's so many times where you've seen people that don't want to work together that end up working together. Um, I, I don't know what to believe anymore in terms of whether or not CM Punk will be back in AEW. I don't know what to believe. Where are you at on this, Will? I need some persuasion. Whatever uh, your stance is, <laughs> I need I, some, like, information. I think at this juncture, there are a lot of minds made up that they're not going – that don't want to work with CM Punk. And I know that CM Punk, um, at least his camp, has implied that there's uh, very much an attitude of not wanting to work with a certain guys. But I think at the end of the day, CM Punk still under contract. And granted, he's injured at the moment. So, you know, there's that m waiting game. I think that uh, one of the things that Tony indicated that kind of went under the radar at the media scrum last week was where he was asked about CM Punk and he spoke positively about CM Punk's on-screen contributions, which to me, I know that at the end of the day, Tony Khan just wants to put on the best show he can put on and a show that entertains particularly him. Right. And so <laughs> um, I know that uh, if the opportunity comes about and he can call CM Punk back to TV and tell his roster, look, he's here. Deal with it. He can do that. And, you know, the funny thing is, what the fuck is anybody going to do? Like this at the end of the day, you're all contracted workers to this company and you're all going to have to work with each other. There are certain guys who don't like each other at all. There are some, you know what? And I've told you some stories. Uh, there are, Oh, people, I know stories. <laughs> I know there are people who don't like each other at all that have had full on feuds with each other. There's certain stuff that's happened on TV promos that have gone down that were legit and people don't even realize any of that. There are. So at the end of the day, I think that, um, Pro wrestlers are going to do business if they have to. And, uh, you know, I know that there are people even high up that don't want CM Punk back. But I think at the end of the day, if they were all required to work together and make money, they would. And so I'm at a pro wrestling has taught me never say never until somebody's in the ground. And even then, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Undertaker is. I was going right? to say so The like, Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, so at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't, I can never say never at all. I can't say that CM Punk will never be back in AEW because I know that Tony Khan made a big investment in CM Punk and wants to see that through. And so. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all for wanting to see that through. Right. And I can't never say never to CM Punk in WWE because, like, you know, as much as people would say, now nah, they'd never work together again. Look, Ultimate Warrior went back to WWE and fucking died. And um, that that is such a big deal to me because, look, WWE literally released a DVD trashing Ultimate Warrior. Uh, the self-destruction of Ultimate Warrior released in 05 literally was just an hour-long documentary trashing that guy. He went back, and they named a Hall of Fame award after him. So, like, I can never say never in pro wrestling at all when it comes to any situation. At this stage, uh, I know that there are guys that don't want to have to work with him, but also CM Punk's injured. They don't have to, so it's a very easy thing to say. But with a ready-to-go CM Punk, a CM Punk that you can draw millions with, I think 
certain people would at least go, maybe one match, uh, maybe one promo. All right, if I, you know, we don't have to talk to each other after the fact, but fine, I'll do it. So, well, would you be know. able to work with someone you didn't like? I can't. I can't work with someone I don't like. Really? If you were told Denise Salcedo. Oh, but, but if they told me, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, okay, let's say you and I had like this massive beef and we just couldn't stand each other. And then someone was like, okay, if you and Will do this show, you'll get paid three, you'll make $3 million because you guys hate each other so much. Right. Then I'll be like, yo, what's up, Will? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We pretend to be the best of friends. We're getting paid $3 million for the show, by the way. Uh, we actually secretly hate each other. This is not. Um, but like, as far as Punk's concerned, I don't know. I don't truly know how it's going to end, but uh, I know where it stands at the moment. But again, pro wrestling is pro wrestling. Like at the moment, the biggest payday anybody could make right now is Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. I think that is the the most eyes you could draw right now in terms of interest from the fan base. Oh my God, can you imagine all out in Chicago? (laughs) Penny, CM Punk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? And Come like, on now. Uh, I feel like you could draw so many eyes to that. And I think that if they can put anything aside, I would love to see it. Do I think it's going to happen? Not really, but... Uh, I'm going to say there is a 50... I'm at 50% sure that there's a chance it could happen. 50-50 right now. That's not I'm, too bad. Yeah, I'm like 40-60. I think that right now oh God, i'm gonna that... start praying for it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna add it to my to my nightly ritual <laughs> i still don't believe right now that anybody's interested in doing it except maybe tony but i think once uh do you know how, how bad people... that sounds will dear god <laughs> feed the earth world peace take care of my friends and family please make kenny omega versus cm punk happen Hey, and look, world hunger is still going on, but if you can at least get CM Punk versus uh, Kenny Omega, then you're accomplishing something. I mean, that's, there you go. That, that's probably more likely to happen than world peace. Then. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Denise, this was fun. Once again, it's always fun hosting after the week with Denise Alcedo um, and Will Washington. And guys, let us know in the comments what your top three picks of the week are let us know what your worst is let's know what you agreed with disagreed with um i know the question was where you guys do this every week and put cm or put the elite versus uh death triangle at the top for seven straight weeks who knows if i'm only going to be honest to my taste uh and i don't know you know the part of and i guess that's the, the last thing i'll say about our number one pick part of why i liked that match so much is the fact that despite going on three days, four days, going on four days after they just had that match, I didn't feel like any of it was the same. There were callbacks to it, but for the most part, they worked a different match. They'll have to pull that off seven times for me to put it at the top seven times. Um, And granted, if anybody can do it, it's those guys. But if I get any traces of the same match, it'll get knocked down a tad. Don't worry. We're not... That that's at least how I feel. I don't know about these. She'll just be like, "What? I like this shit every time." It's number one. <laughs> I know, I do <laughs> every week. Number one. <laughs> no, um, like that's the same thing for me. Like when I come out here and I do my picks, like it's what I like, what I want, what I prefer, and that's why I kind of find it funny 
and when you and I, I think it's been like four times on the show, maybe three or four times where we've had the mm-hmm. same number one pick. And I actually think that when we do do that, I feel like that's probably saying a whole lot because you and I are, you know, we're pretty different, Will, in terms of what we like and what we don't like or whatever, right? So I feel like if it, we both chose it at the number one, there's a pretty good reason for that. And so, I mean, look how different our top three was. It's very different. Well, yeah, somewhat different. My- oh, not really. There's been more. There's been other weeks where we've been yeah, way, way different. This one had a little bit more similarities, but still. That's true. And as a matter of fact, if you want to see a true difference between me and Denise, um, about a year ago, Denise and I did a top ten of Mariah Carey songs, oh, and yeah. and in that list, there were eighteen different songs between <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> yeah, so, that's wild. So again, taste can be entirely different. Speaking of which, shout out to Mariah Carey season because that's what uh, that's where we're at. Anyway, folks, that is it for this edition of After the Week. Denise, let the folks know. Yes. Um, okay, guys. So um, I just checked earlier right before this podcast. Uh, I'm 134 followers, subscribers away from 80K. So if you have not subscribed yet to this channel, please subscribe. There is tons of wrestling content going up. I uploaded an interview with Taya Valkyrie. Uh, That's a really great conversation. We literally catch up. She talks about her days in WWE. She talks about what she's been doing the last year, how she, you know, basically went from like feeling like shit because of how things played out to now feeling, you know, differently. And so we talk about that. Uh, Promo Wars, that is a whole entire series. All those videos are evergreen. You can literally watch the old ones, the new ones. It doesn't matter. But I just posted a new one uh, that one is up there will and i have a promo wars with the grab city guys uh check that one out there's so many to to see all the aw full gear media scrums those are all up there i have the best footage of mjf's promo and that one is doing great amounts of views uh please check that out too um and there's just going to be more to come everyone i'm constantly going to the shows uh will and i are here each and every single week i'm constantly thinking of new content to put up here so please make sure you click that subscribe button uh this channel is growing faster than it's ever grown before leave us a thumbs up as well outside of that folks Follow me. I'm William RBR on most social platforms, except for Hive, where I'm Will Washington. But like, I need Hive to speed up before um, I can commit to that platform. But other than that, folks, uh, that's it for this edition of After the Week. Come back next week at our usual time. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.